Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. Always like the sound of that. Welcome to another edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. I'm Harry Alexander. Bunker de France will be with us in just a little bit. Todd Roberts in Los Angeles. How you doing, sir? <laughs> so this, uh, Harry, don't don't think that I've who, taken who, a moonlighting job. Who you this call, is, who uh, you calling a hoe? <laughs> <laughs> hold the door! Hold the door! Um, this is uh, this is purely from my my year sure, very short short stint of playing Santa uh-huh. at uh, the Buena Vista Cigar Lounge here in Beverly Hills, nice. where uh, Rigo mm-hmm. and his lovely wife Jackie would put on Christmas at midnight. They were from Cuba mm-hmm. originally, okay. and they raised their two boys, Ryan and and Rigito, here in, in Los Angeles. Uh, Rigito is on a uh, pitching uh, baseball pitcher for the Chicago White Sox and the farm team. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm still waiting for my tickets. They, yeah, right. They, you know, there must be a. I'm worried the. Um, I'm worried the male person stole them. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, he's an up and comer. You very well could be seeing him in the nice. major soon. Nice. Um, yeah, he's he's something. And the beauty of it all is his father was his coach. But they would ask me to come and play Santa uh, at the cigar lounge. And uh, the deal was um, I would sneak over to the lounge. Nobody could see me. I'd wait uh, on the corner and wait for Rigo to poke his head out. We'd run downstairs into the basement. I'd put the outfit on. I'd, he, then close to midnight, he, they would say to the boys, okay, go upstairs in the loft of the cigar lounge and lay down and go to sleep. It was a bit of a, a somewhat of a play. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, they would lay down and act like they were sleeping, and then I'd walk in and uh, sound like a a drunken elf. <laughs> and um, you know, b- being almost ready for uh, you know on the verge of disturbing the peace and offending anyone and everyone within earshot. Uh, so at that point, so, so the boys. Were, so basically, Todd, you were being yourself. Well, you know, Harry, <laughs> some things we don't want to bring up all the time, especially not during the holidays, maybe in the summer when there's a bigger excuse to drink. Um, so uh, all of a sudden they would bolt up and, you know, Santa Claus, Santa Claus. And they'd come down and I'd hand out gifts and, you know, I uh, and so forth. And then I would leave, uh, you know, after I gave all the gifts away. I'd go back downstairs, I'd change my clothes, and then... I'd light a cigar and I'd put on my street clothes and I would be aimlessly walking down the street in Beverly Hills mm-hmm. and come across there, uh, the store with the door open and Christmas music playing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'd look at them and go, oh, what are you guys doing? <laughs> I mean, the charade was so transparent. Nice. You know, it, uh, uh, rice paper was stronger. <laughs> and uh, the deal was, oh, come on in, say hello. And Rigo and I... Uh, it was always arranged, pre-arranged. All the beer I could drink and three Cuban cigars. So I did this yeah. about six years in a row. Yeah, I can imagine. Why at, not? At midnight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 I wrote to the EDD when their boys got too old and they basically fired me mm. uh, from doing this. Uh, <laughs> but no one responded. So I, I that was my ho-ho-ho. It's out of practice, but yeah. there it is for you. So I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I did Santa Claus one year. I played, let's see, I don't even remember what year this was, but uh, I got talked into, be, into playing Santa for a group of uh, Indian kids out on one of the reservations near Tucson. And the to get there... Um, there was no driving. We flew, and uh, the person I flew with was a. See, I, I must, I must have been like an eighth grade. Yeah, I think so. And she was a freshman in high school and already had her um, uh, pilot's license. And so we we fly up there, but they have to take the door of the Cessna off because the costume I'm wearing is so doggone big, right? So we're mm-hmm. flying along, and it's almost like being in a, a, one of those whirlybird choppers with no door on it, you know, and, and looking over and hanging out and watching all that stuff. It was fun. I had I had a grand time 
uh, playing Santa for those kids. Man, that, that yeah, was fun. Yeah, and I did it. One year. I did it also in uh, Germany. Uh, uh, oh, when we did a uh, uh, our, in the land of the Tannenbaum. That's right. Our um, uh, I was in broadcasting there, and our television station did a uh, Christmas themed program and such and so i played santa and had all the kids in uh to our makeshift studio and my daughter bless her heart she's like three years old and uh she gets up on my lap and uh, does the santa thing and she gets off the lap and goes running off and saying that's my daddy (laughs) (laughs) don't blow my cover yeah right right right. Uh, yeah I, i would also advise anyone listening who is contemplating being santa um you know, although, uh, not to do it intoxicated. No. Because although it's more fun for you, it's not fun. necessarily for yeah, the kids. Yeah, yeah. So one year I played Santa, and uh, I was at a party. Somebody asked me to come and play Santa at a party. So I put the outfit on, and I'm walking around. I'm not intoxicated, but I've had a few. Mm-hmm. And this kid kept walking up behind me. Everywhere I went, he was, like, tailing me. And he kept poking me in the butt <laughs> with his finger, going, Hey, Santa! Hey, Santa. And I was like, finally I got to a point I turned around and looked at him and I said, get away from me, kid, you bother me. <laughs> and his parents were not in, his parents were not entertained. Imagine, let's just say that. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the topic of today's program, and the reason we're out streaming live from the White Stallion Ranch uh, on Movie Saturday is because next Saturday, obviously, is the 25th of December. It's Christmas Day. We are taking the day off to be with friends, families, and loved ones. So uh, we're not going to have a program for you. So why not do our Movie Saturday today and uh, talk about Christmas movies? And there's there's bunches of them to talk about. They're not necessarily all that well-known. Um, Bunker has a bunch of Christmas movies that uh, he'll be talking about as soon as he gets here. And uh, uh, one that uh, really sounds interesting, it's almost the tale of the three wise men, but it's told from or told through the perspective of Native Americans. And so I'm, I'm really interested to hear more about that and actually find that movie to be able to watch it and get a different perspective. But... Perhaps the more famous of the, and and Todd, you and I talked about this before air, uh, lots of the Christmas movies seem to be done by the Hallmark Channel. And, hey, that's all well and good. No problem with that. Great. Um, But one of the, and I think this was a a Hallmark uh, presentation, Stubby Pringle's Christmas. Um, And I happened to watch that last year after good recommendations from bunker and what a great movie that was i mean it was it, it jeff bridges i think it's jeff bridges in it uh play stubby pringle and um uh it, it was really well done well you know you can always depend on jeff bridges to give you a good performance um and you can always uh know that he's going to come at it as, as traditional uh, of an acting family as he was, yeah. both his parents, of course, Lloyd Bridges, the great Lloyd Bridges, who was my hero as a child in Sea Hunt. Yep. Uh, for which I will not tell that story today, but someday I will. I'm sorry, it was uh, Bo when Bridges. I, when Bo, I got it, the Sea Hunt out, the Sea Hunt gear. Ooh. Uh, oh yeah, my parents uh, they bought it for me for my birthday. I'll just tell the story quickly. So we go to my aunt and uncle's house out in the valley. We didn't have a pool. They had a pool, and I, you know, immediately went into the house, and, you know, we put our, our, our bathing suits on. Well, I put all my sea hunt stuff on, <laughs> my mask and my belt and my flippers and my plastic knife and everything. Mm-hmm. And I walked out, and I said, hey, everybody, look at me. I'm about three years old. Uh, and I jump in the deep end of the pool. Uh-oh. And... Uh, everybody's just standing there in shock. No one's moving, no one's saying anything. And I float to the bottom of the pool, and I'm standing on the bottom of the pool, and I'm just standing there, you know, like, you know, like I'm Steve in Sea Hunt, Mm -hmm. you know, Lloyd Bridges. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think my mother shouted out, you know, was able to uh, articulate, you know, something, uh, some type of profanity, like, get him out of there. 
And uh, my uncle dove down and grabbed me mm-hmm. and pulled me up out of the water. And I come up out of the water and I'm spitting, a, you know, pool water out of every orifice, choking to death. And all and everybody, are you okay? Are you okay? And I all I could say was, "Did you see me swim?" So that's good. So uh, yeah, but Lloyd Bridges, of course, in. Uh, uh, high noon, yeah, uh, so great. But you know, you can always depend on his sons, both of them. Yeah, as traditional of an acting family, they are. They always bring something different. Yeah, to the role than anybody else would have seen or done. Yeah, it was so, Bo, it was Bo Bridges, not uh, Jeff, uh, who well, was who coming. by the way played basketball under John Wooden. That's right, and uh, uh, also on the cast, Kim Hunter, Strother Martin. Uh, and uh, Julia Harris are in it. You can find this movie on uh, the YouTube uh, if you so desire to watch it. And I highly recommend watching it because it's just good. There, no question about it. It's just good. Well, and, and you know, what could be better than watching something that makes you feel better at the holidays? Exactly. Um, and to that point, let me just say that... Um, you know, I'll talk about the two cowboy, non-cowboy films okay. uh, that are great Christmas stories to me, which is uh, number one, Joy Noel, mm-hmm. uh, which is a fabulous French film, and it it takes place on uh, the Western Front during World War One, and it's the story of an English officer, a French officer, and a German officer uh, calling. A uh, temptuous and partial Christmas piece mm-hmm. in the middle of World War One, mm-hmm. and it's a lovely film. And uh, I know that most people would not believe that a film having to do with war uh, would bring you to the Christmas spirit, but I think it encapsulates encapsulates the Christmas spirit as well as any other Christmas film. I've seen. You know, and that is a uh, factual thing that occurred uh, during the First World War when uh, there was a cessation of hostilities at Christmas time, and both sides could be heard singing their their various Christmas carols. Uh, Yes. And, and, you know, they called it the Great War, and I guess that's, (laughs) well, war is never good, but I guess that would be a, a... a good reason to call it great is because the uh, what transpired you know there, there was it's not like it is today and it, it's not like it was during world war ii either i i i'm struggling to explain it but uh and i'll probably stop right there <laughs> well uh i you know i would agree with you harry um i really would um the other one is uh uh you know i've got a couple here um uh one that you don't think as a Western, but I look at it as a Western because the the dream and hope and the present that surround that this film surrounds all about Christmas is a Christmas story with Peter Billingsley yes. and Darren McGavin yes. and um, Christina um, Pickles, not Christina Pickles, Christina, I forget her last name, who plays the mother and father, but. You know, it's a story of a boy who desperately wants a Red Rider, and every young boy in this country at the time wanted a Red Rider. I still it was do. A, <laughs> yeah, I I have a, I I wanted one so badly, Harry. I never got one as a kid. Don't yeah. think that I'm complaining. Yeah, right. I, my parents spoiled this rotten, but I never got one. So I once found one that's all just a, just in horrible shape, a true beater. Uh, you can't even uh, operate the lever mechanism, but I still <laughs> bought it just to stick it in the corner and go, mm-hmm. yeah, there's my Red Rider. There you go. Um, and it's just a it's, a, it's a real prized possession. I think probably the greatest Christmas film of all time in, in regards to Westerns, but maybe even beyond Westerns, uh, other than It's a Wonderful Life, is uh, Three Godfathers by John Ford. Yes, with uh, uh, John Wayne, Pedro Dominguez, and uh, the great uh, Dobie Carey. Yeah, um, 1948 uh, is when that came out. Yeah. And uh, if you have not seen this movie, you definitely should put it on your list to watch or 
watch it this evening, uh, enjoy an adult beverage and some popcorn, yeah. and, uh, and and just do it because, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if you want to make any of these films better, be a little freer with the liquor that goes into the eggnog. Well, um, not only Have that, a loose wrist. Yeah. Not only that, but look at the movie from the perspective of when it was filmed, when it was made. Too many times people watch a film today that was made, for example, in the 1930s, and they apply today's social mores uh, to what happened in the 1930s, and that dog just don't hunt because it's totally different. It was totally different, and you have to look at it from that perspective. Otherwise... Why even bother? Completely. Uh, another one is uh, Prancer mm-hmm. with uh, Sam Elliott. Uh, it's a lovely, sweet film. And, uh, you know, you can always depend on Sam Elliott to give you a good performance. And, you know, it's the story of uh, a guy who uh, lives out in the country and has got a daughter, and she finds herself uh, a uh, she finds a reindeer. And uh, they try to get the reindeer to... You know, the girl is convinced that the reindeer is uh, um, is 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 a real reindeer, um, you know, flying reindeer, and uh, and she, you know she's trying to convince the father and trying mm-hmm. to help him help find his mm-hmm. joy of Christmas, as it were. Yeah. All right. I think what we're going to do here is take our first commercial break, and uh, maybe by that time, Mr. DeFrance will be arriving. <laughs> And uh, so with that, uh, this is Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker DeFrance, and Todd Roberts with you. We'll be back with much more right after these very important messages. Stay tuned. Arizona is a land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true West, where a large number of Westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallion.com or call 520-297-0252. The Tucson Trap and Ski Club is one of the best-kept economic secrets in town. This 900-member group maintains one of the finest shotgun shooting ranges in the country, featuring trap, skeet, five-stand, and sporting clays fields, and hosts national and international events that bring thousands of people and millions of dollars into our community. The Spring Satellite Grand American Tournament alone involves 1,200 participants for 10 days. Learn more about this and their other contributions to our community at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. As we recognize the service of America's men and women in uniform, let's also honor the families who sacrifice so much every day. Military families endure frequent deployments and separations. They carry on while their loved ones are sent into harm's way and wait patiently for their safe return. If you really want to honor a veteran, look for ways to support their families and thank them for their sacrifices. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond check and stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. You know what you've done? Yeah, punted a polecat. And don't force me to make it two. You've shot an officer of the law. I'm gambling on him not being an officer. You've overplayed your hand. Now get out, quick. 
Give me those papers. I'm keeping them. Go on, you're cluttering up the trail. Move! This is the Voices of the West. Merry Christmas from the Voices of the West. The stars are bright And the snow is white On the trail I ride along And I sing a theme Of a wrangler's dream It's a cowboy Christmas song Francie's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts in Los Angeles. A little bit of Bob Wills there and a Cowboy Christmas Song. Can't get, well, you can't get, I don't know, you can't get any better than Bob Wills, I don't think. But um. No. Uh, you know, uh, uh, even though I, I do love uh, Hank Williams and, and uh, uh, Bust, uh, what's his name, Earl, uh, this, uh, Earl Scruggs and so on. Yeah, so. yeah. But, um, Another great, you know, we don't know it, but I just, you know, um, it's not well known, but the Santa Claus Rustlers with Hopalong Cassidy and the boys really? is just a, a funny, sweet, typical hoppy. And I When and did that come out? I don't recall ever seeing that one. It's back I in, thought the, I saw uh, all in of the early 40s. Really? I have to look uh, And I like, and I know people don't, you know, say, well, Hoppy's sweet. No, yeah, I think he's sweet. He's sweet to those who are sweet, and he's not to those who aren't. Well, and, uh, reference the, I, the last cut that we ran there about cut cluttering up yeah. the trail. Uh, I don't remember what movie it's from, but uh, Hoppy was not a good guy in that one. <laughs> not, not the greatest, well, let's put it that way. Yeah, I, I like it when he cracks his... Uh, he cracks his colt over somebody's head. Um, you know, it's uh, you get what you deserve, yeah, and I think go. that's the theme of, of good westerns. That's it. That's uh, it. You know, uh, in the end, eventually, uh, and uh, you know, it's funny. There was a time in the you know, as we were talking about um, Harry, we were talking earlier about how um, you know only films now are made by Christmas movies are made by Hallmark. You know, there was a time when it was very prevalent in our culture. Mm-hmm. To talk about Christmas and have Christmas and be conscious of Christmas, uh, no matter what really denomination of religion you came from, uh, and I think that's evident by the great song. Um, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, which has the line: "A pair of hoplong boots and a pistol that shoots is the wish of Bonnie, Barney and Ben," by Meredith Wilson, mm-hmm. and you know that. Kids from, uh, you know, I'm sure there were just as many uh, uh, kids of the Jewish faith who wanted a pistol that shoots and cowboy boots than than kids that were not Jewish. Yeah, but you uh, never got uh, them on Hanukkah. <laughs> well, you know, uh, it depends on your parents. Well, that's true. You know, uh, right? Um, that's true. And yeah. it's important, as we were also talking about, the, the, two, the two biggest... Um, Maybe the two biggest selling songs of all time in this country, singles, were uh, White Christmas by Gene Crosby, mm-hmm. still to this day. And a lot of people say the largest selling Christmas song, uh, it just, you know, although it's not uh, as big as White Christmas, is Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer right. by Gene uh, Autry, of course. And I think it's important to remember that there was a time of that. and. You know, I guess that I'm probably going in a direction I don't need to, but I'm going to say it anyway, which is, you know, whenever I hear, well, you know, Christmas is a Christian holiday or, you know, it's not representative of America and so on, I always say to people, have you ever been to the Acoma Chapel on the Acoma Mesa in New Mexico where the Acoma tribe lives? It's the oldest continually inhabited uh, uh place in the United States. Interesting. It dates it dates all the way to 1100. Wow. And uh, you know, there are uh, there is a um, a what do you call it a a tapestry from the king of Spain 
which was given to them like in the 1600s or 1700s, which they have tacked on the wall. Mm-hmm. It's a tapestry from the King of Spain. Mm-hmm. And, and they just have it like taped up on the wall. Uh, it's not in a frame or anything. It's just hanging there. But they also have, instead of the 12 stations of Christ traditionally as we've seen them in a church, they have 12 different kachinas. Interesting. Uh, uh, which I find very interesting and, and shows that, you know, uh, Christmas can transcend many barriers. Yeah, yeah. Or the spirit of Christmas can transcend many barriers. Definitely. There's, uh, I'm, I'm looking at various movies here, uh, uh, Christmas movies, and by golly, they almost all are uh, Hallmark Channel. Uh, and again, there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, no, uh, we've got this one movie here called uh, Christmas Mountain. Mark Miller, Slim Pickens, yeah. Barbara Stranger, Stranger, a Stanger rather, uh, Brian Pullman, Fran Ryan, and uh, Maurice Grand Maison is uh, in that one. Uh, that's Christmas Mountain, and let's see, that comes from 1981. And uh, it's a story of a, a cowboy angel uh, about the true meaning of Christmas. And uh, so th- there's there's one for you. Yeah. Well, my father, who was born and raised Jewish in Brooklyn, and it was undeniable. And everyone, we all knew it in the family. It was very early on you knew. Yeah. My father's favorite holiday was Christmas. Mm-hmm. Now, for our listeners of the Jewish faith you might be offended by that but um, he didn't he really didn't subscribe to anybody else's rules other than his own Um, and I used to when I got old enough and was full enough of myself to ask him questions he said to me well I don't I don't celebrate Christmas as um, you know traditional Christians do as the birth of Christ I'm not celebrating the birth of Christ I'm celebrating the birth of someone who's very special, who changed the world. Uh, I'm not celebrating his birth as the Son of God. I'm changing. I'm celebrating the birth of someone who professed peace amongst all men and the belief that um, everyone has value and worth. Mm-hmm. And it's also a time to be with family and uh, be appreciative of what you have to such an extent that it makes you want to be uh, very conscious of giving mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to others. And that's what he felt the holiday was about. And honestly, I've taken that very much to heart. Yeah, I think as we grow older, our, our meaning uh, of what we believe Christmas to be uh, changes over the years. Mr. DeFrance has uh, graced us here. Afternoon, sir. Bah humbug! No, bah humbug. <laughs> well, you get to do bah humbug because I did ho, ho, ho. There you go. Well, that's good. That's good. I'm not, I'm not going to go into a rant on why I'm late. Because it's my fault. No, it's not your fault. I just didn't, re- you know, we're so used to being in the studio. And you, when you said what you said, I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, that's okay. That's why I was sitting at the studio. It don't matter none. No, we're, it don't. We're here now. I, what I want. Hey, you know what's funny when I was driving down here? No. I saw a fat man in a sleigh yeah. with with eight longhorns. No kidding. Yeah. I'll be doggone. Yeah. Huh. And there was there was one way up in front of him. Mm-hmm. You ever seen a longhorn with a red nose? I have not. But I'll tell you what, the ones behind him, they must he must have stopped quickly because a couple of them had a brown nose. Oh. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> now Bunker, which bar were you at? I was at the bar of no hope. <laughs> oh, okay. No Very soap good. and no hope. I want to hear about, uh, before you got here, I was talking about the movie that we talked about yesterday at lunch, the the movie where it, it's the story of the three wise men, but told through the oh, eyes of Native okay. Americans. Yeah, well, that is Miracle in the Wilderness, and it wasn't about the three wise men. It oh, was basically, let me... Let me just get if my you notes find here. that there. Yeah, it was with Chris Kristofferson and Ken Cattrell, a fellow named Kevin James Dodson directed it. It was made in 1991, and it was a really uh, it's one of my favorite Christmas movies. It's a TV movie, mm-hmm. but uh, a lot of the TV movies are almost Hallmark, which 
mm-hmm. is almost a pox because you die of uh, yeah. insulin shock. Yeah, we talked about that earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this one, uh, in, in the premise of this movie is that Christofferson uh, is a former Army scout and Indian fighter. He's married, settled down, and his wife with his wife and their newborn child. Well, a Army patrol shows up because a group of Kiowa have been out raiding and uh, they want him to join them, you know, to help them find him. Mm-hmm. And he says, no way, Jose. And so anyhow, some stuff goes on and the army moves off. Well, the Kiowa have been keeping track of the army. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, the farmhouse is under attack. Mm-hmm. And the Kiowa, they take they take Christofferson and Kim uh, captive with the baby. And they head up into the high mountains. They're, they're heading for Canada. So anyhow, they're up there, and the chief, I wish I could remember the name of the actor that played him because he did a great job, but anyhow, the chief's wife had lost, has just lost a baby in birth, and so lo and behold, here's a brand new baby, and in the Indian custom, to, to adopt into the family uh, people they've captive is, is very common. So anyhow... Here the, here's this couple, and they're worried about not only about their baby's lives, but their own lives. And Cottrell starts talking about, you know, why, why she wants, you've got to, got to save. And she starts telling the story of the nativity, mm-hmm. you know, of Mary and Jesus traveling there. Well, the Kiowa are all sitting there listening to it because, you know, Basically, it's the Indian culture. It's the storytelling, you know. Right. And they're hearing this story, but they're not visualizing Joseph and Mary on a burro coming across the desert. They see an Indian and an Indian man and woman uh, with a baby on a couple of Appaloosas, and they're coming across. So anyhow, she goes through the whole nativity story, and by that time, the... Scouts from the tribe come back and say, hey, the army's not that far away. They're going to be here by morning. And in the meantime, they've resolved everything. They get the baby back, and as they're leaving, uh, Christofferson tells the chief, he says, if you go that way, it's going to be quicker, faster, and safer. I know this. And they take off, and here, sure enough, at dawn, here comes the army patrol creeping in, and they go, well, what happened? Where are they? And he says, Christopherson says, well, you know, in the middle of the night, they just disappeared like Indians do. He says, I don't know which way they went, but I think they went the other way. Well, he doesn't say the other way, but yeah, he doesn't think yeah. that way. Yeah. But it's just such a such oh, cool. a beautiful, simple little story. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I gotta find that one. Hopefully, oh, it's on the YouTube. Hey, we gotta do our next commercial break here. Right, right here, just in time for the commercial. <laughs> we'll be back with much more of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West right after these important messages. Do stay tuned. When looking for a property management company, here are some things you should consider. How long has the company been in business? What types of properties can they manage for you? And does the company give back to the community? Well, your search is over. The Polash Management Company meets and exceeds those considerations. They've been in business in Tucson, Arizona since the 1960s. They manage all types of properties throughout Arizona and elsewhere, from residential to commercial to public sector properties. The Polash Management Company also dedicates its time and resources to numerous community projects, including help funding the drive for the USS Arizona Memorial at the University of Arizona. You also want a property management company that puts you, the customer, First, contact the Paul Ash Management Company today at paulashmanagement.com and ask about the complete package or call 520-795-2100. That's 520-795-2100. The Paul Ash Management Company, property managers you can trust. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. Hello? 
I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right. It's called Horses Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horses Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. You've got some cattle you want, Russell, but don't have enough henchmen of your own to do the job. Little lady up the road apiece won't strike a deal with you about water rights. You out there! Come one step near and old Bess here will spit right in your eye. So you need to strike your own deal, but you need the right henchman to do the job. The stage is hauling a Wells Fargo box loaded with gold. You've got the perfect spot to liberate that gold, but blank henchmen to pull off the job. What to do? You better start packing a handgun. Call Red a Hench. We're a bad guy rental agency. We provide you with enough scrappy henchmen to tackle any job with specific directions. Just listen to what Red a Hench users have to say. Well, you know, when I joined Red a Hench, I was trained by Bud Osborne, Charlie King, and some of the best head henches there ever was. And I'm going to guarantee you that you cannot hench without the proper henches around you. And that's just a gentle hench. When you need sheer numbers of henchmen, call us. We specialize in stage holdups, water right disputes, squatter troubles, cattle rustling, and much more. Our rent henchmen may not be able to think their way out of a paper bag, but they sure can follow directions, and they won't sing to the law about you if they get caught. See our ad in the Saturday Evening Post or Harper's Weekly. Hey, not only that, when you're in the Long Branch and you want to go next door to Doc's to get that bullet out of your shoulder, get a rent hench to sit there on your place and keep your whiskey warm while you're gone. Rent a hench, when you need bad guys to do bad guy stuff so you can keep your hands clean. You let me do the work. With this deposit of tungsten I've discovered, our country will soon be independent of any outside source of supply. That's why I've got to contact the authorities. But you're in no condition to travel. Pancho and I will get work through for you. But it may mean your death. Well, we can't live forever. Besides, this is our country too. If it's good enough to live in, it's good enough to fight for. Right, Pancho? Yeah. You know, one thing my papa always told me when I was a little boy. Keep two things in your heart, Pancho. Your God and your country. And to which I say, amen. This is the Voices of the West. Merry Christmas from the Voices of the West. Franzi's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander Bunker to France, Todd Roberts in Los Angeles. It's our Christmas show. The movie and Saturday. that's my favorite. Ty Sheffield thing is my favorite Christmas song. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're out at the White Stallion Ranch streaming yeah. live for you here on it's uh, still beautiful. this Saturday. Uh, you got that evening cross light hitting the mountains there. Uh, Harry can't see it because his back is to him, but oh, Harry, it's yeah. just gorgeous. So, they, Chaparral never did a Christmas show, did they? No, they did it. They did the a great Thanksgiving show. Yeah, the Ten Little but this is cool. Uh, Peggy McQueen and a bunch of other people uh, got together, and you can look it up. It's a high Chaparral Christmas Carol, and it's a story. It's, okay. And it's on the internet. Okay. I saw. I saw it. Uh, Yesterday, okay, and you know, uh, I, life is screw is Scrooge uh, Scrooge Cannon and McCannon, and, but it, it's a hoot. That's Look funny. it up, folks. All right, all right. Uh, today's uh, program it's uh, it's all about Christmas and Christmas movies. Uh, it's movie Saturday to program. A lot like Christmas. Yeah, right. yes, and, uh, you know, we're just having some fun here. Yeah. Really well, you fun. said something about Gene Autry after we went. I off. did. I did, and. Uh, uh, we've got uh, Gene Autry coming up musically here, and are, are out of the next break. Um, but yeah, uh, 
I'll get to that when we after yeah. that gets played. Well, I got, I got a little piece of Gene Autry info here. All right. You know, the Gene Autry radio show every year, there was a Gene Autry Melody Ranch Christmas party show. Mm-hmm. And those were, you know, he had those were great shows because they had, you know, several musical numbers, a story with Pat Buttram and him and. It was just a great show. Radio did that uh, mm-hmm. back then, you know. And and, yeah. and, I, and well, speaking of, course, of radio, speaking, this one's just especially for you. Oh. This is a Hopalong Cassidy episode, the Santa Claus Rustlers. Yeah, Todd talked about that, and I don't recall ever seeing that. Yeah. Well, you didn't. It was on radio. Well, though that, that that's would, why you didn't see it. But I don't. Re- he, Todd, wasn't there a, a movie or? A, they may have done. Well, they redid a lot of them. I think there was a, a movie. That's what I was thinking. Was there? Were, it's a movie. Interesting. Yeah. I'll have to go back through my Hoppy well, shows. Well, Hoppy did Cowboys and Indians, mm-hmm. which is the show that he introduced. Here comes Santa Claus. Right. Santa Claus. On. Right. Right. But that's the, as far as I could tell. That's the only Christmas yeah. movie he did. I'll have to go back through my Hoppy movies and, and yeah. check that in Hoppy that radio shows. I got all the Hoppy radio shows yeah, as well. It's, so it's, it's an interesting one. Of course, you know him and Andy. Clyde, he was playing California on that. Right. And I got another radio western for you, and that was a Roy Rogers episode, The Night Before Christmas, which they did in 1952. Rogers, spelled with a G or G-D? That's R-O-G-E-R-S. Yeah, I saw something on the internet the other day, and it says, which is it, R-O-G-D or R-O-G-E? There's never been a D. I didn't think there ever was. That's somebody that doesn't know their hat from their hole in the ground. Well, and they also uh, followed it up with, did anybody ever get a Roy Rogers rig for Christmas? No, I never got one of those. Roy Rogers what? Rig. Gun bill. Yeah, you know, the whole whole, Roy Rogers thing. I'm I never sure got somebody one did. I never got one. I'm did not. you get a Hoppy rig? Of course. Did you get a Gene Autry rig? No. Well, yeah. see. But I had my Hoppy rig. Oh, that's because well, that's, that's where your heart was. And uh, I, I distinctly remember Christmas Eve of 1958 when Santa came to our house and I got Fort Apache. Wow. <laughs> you know, but, you, but did, you, wow. did you notice when you got that Hopalong Cassidy rig that you could outdraw every kid in the neighborhood? You know it. Yeah. You know you it. Had, you get, they had the Indian sign on them. <laughs> you know it, man. Well, here's, here's <laughs> well, an interesting piece for you guys because, you know, we're talking. This is about Christmas now, and this may be one of the great all-time. You might be interested in this one, Todd. This is one of the great all-time Christmas albums. It's called Christmas on the Range, Cowboy Classics, Capitol Records Album. And I'm just going to name off the songs and the people. It'll take a minute or two, but when you hear it, you'll just, you know, it'll blow your socks off. We start off with Old Tex Kringle, sung by Tex Ritter. Christmas Carols by the Old Corral with Ritter again. It's Christmas by Jimmy Wakeley. Santa Claus is Coming to Town by Hank Thompson and the Brazos Valley Boy. I'm Going to Tell Santa Claus on You by Farron Young. Hmm. Christmas is My Hometown by Sonny James. A Rootin' Tootin' Santa Claus by Tennessee Ernie Ford. Silver Bells by Margaret Whiting and uh, Jimmy Wakeley. Here Comes Santa Claus by Cliffy Stone, the great Cliffy Stone. You Are the Angel of, on My Christmas Tree by Fair and Young. The Winter Song by Tex Williams. Lonely Christmas by Ferlin Husky. A Pocket Full of Mistletoe by Sonny James. If Santa Claus Could Bring You Back to Me by Jimmy Wakeley. And then uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer by Thompson and the Brazos Valley Boys. And there's some more, more here, but I'll wait for Boy, that, that, some oh. of those names, man. I, oh, well, here, here worked in, Let me just do the other Worked show. in country radio and uh, remember Furlan Young. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Husky. here we go. Here's some more. I Saw Mama Kissing Santa Claus yeah, by Holmes. Molly B., of oh, course. Uh, White Christmas by Wesley Tuttle, the great Wesley Tuttle. Christmas Dinner by Vicki Ford. Uh, Jingle Bells by Roy Rogers. We Wish You a Merry Christmas by Thompson and the Brazos Valley Boys. That's the one that closes out the thing. Mm-hmm. And there's a rumored cut, uh, this Blue Christmas by uh, Bob Archer and the Denning Sisters. That was, that's, I don't know if that's on there for sure or not. Interesting. So back in the day, let's go back to 1880, out here on the Arizona desert. And uh, 
Well, I don't know the Arizona desert. All right, we'll, we'll be in New Mexico. New Mexico then. desert. Got the New Mexico I was up desert. In the mountains, so. All right. Well, hey, all right. You can be up in Rio Del, so I'll be down by Lordsburg. Oh, okay. <laughs> staged. And I'll be in the nearest bar. There you no. go. Uh, <laughs> you know, on the floor. So, yeah. So on the floor. Christmas 1880, uh, out on the range in the mountains. It's pretty much like it was in Stebby Pringle's Christmas, wasn't it? Well, that's going to depend upon the folks' circumstances. Because remember, this is a Victorian era, and in towns, they were prob- if they had any means, they were having a Victorian Christmas. Right. Now, out on the, out on the ranch, uh, if it was a, a big ranch and they kept the cute cowboys, uh, probably somebody cooked up a nice dinner and stuff, and there may have been some homemade gifts exchanged. Uh the Stubby Pringle, that's more more like a guy who's out on a line shack. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, you know, it's like he makes he makes a bunch of gifts and stuff to take into the school teacher. And the journey is what, it, it, you know, it's it's, it's kind of like the, the, the three wise yeah. men. He yeah. meets people, he helps them. By the time he gets there, right. there's nothing left. Right. But him and the gal end up on the hill watching the star over the cabin. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that is great. But, a great time of year. Yeah. Huh? What a great time of a great time of year. Well, is. you know, I'll tell you, it's like uh, there's a movie. It has not a western, but it's the Magnificent Ambersons, mm-hmm. and it has a Christmas scene in there, and it's mm-hmm. a very, you know, it's the turn of the century, but it's still the old Victorian thing with, and these are like millionaires, but it's a huge. It's like. It's like the Christmas you fantasize, you know, yeah. and they try to and yeah. they try to sell to you on, on movies. Well, and of course, there's the great scene in the living room of the Christmas party of uh, Rock Hudson and uh, Elizabeth Taylor's house in in Giant, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they're drinking eggnog and so on and so forth, and uh, uh, Elizabeth Taylor is the lady of the house, and she's saying goodbye to people as they they're leaving and. This uh, husband and wife, and I guess her father, come to say goodbye and thank them for what a lovely Christmas party it was. And they said, well, thank you all for being so nice to us. Uh, Y'all come on, yeah, out in our neighborhood, come on out and see us. We'd love to have you. And the old man is standing there, and he's got on a suit, and, you know, they've hit it big. They have some money, but they're very countrified. And he's got a stutter, and he goes... We 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 hit it big, and she says you you did. He goes, yeah, more than a million. She said a million dollars. Said no, a million barrels, and she says a million barrels. And the wife, the daughter-in-law, probably looks up and says, yeah, a month. That was Pinky. That was the character named Pinky. Yeah, and it's just a, it's it's just so Americana of Christmas and so on. Um, I always love the story of a family that I knew. One, there were six kids, and we knew this family pretty well. And one of the kids, I don't remember which one it was or why, decided that you know uh, the mother had said all you know, especially closer and closer to the holidays. You know, be 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 good, be nice, because you know you don't want Santa to be upset with you and not He's not bring you any gifts. And the child looked at the mother and said, "Oh, you know, you know, probably." probably 10, 11, 12, somewhere in that age bracket. Well, I don't believe in Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. So that Christmas, um, the pa- you know, the, the Christmas morning, they passed out all the gifts. Well, all the other five children got gifts from Santa and gifts from Mom and Dad. The one child got gifts from Mom and Dad, but nothing from Santa. Ooh. And from then on, uh, she walked around and said, well... Maybe there is a Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? Maybe if you're if you're good next year, he might remember you. You know, so. and there's the story right there. There is a Santa Claus. It's the spirit. That's what it's about. Well, Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Commercial. We've got to do our finish uh, finish up our commercials here, so we'll be back with much more right after these important messages. Coming up. Do stay tuned. Arizona, the land of cattle. Cowboys. 
It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallion.com or call 520-297-0252. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond check and stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Anderson. Served two tours in Afghanistan, Bronze Star and Purple Heart recipient, and unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. Besides bringing millions a year into this community with national and international events, the Tucson Trap and Skeet Club at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway services the local shooting sports community with a 380-acre site featuring trap, skeet, five stand, and two sporting clays fields, as well as a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, which all is available to local shooters, and soon an archery range. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com or take a drive out west of town and see it for yourself. New members or single-day use, welcome. Take Dodge City over there. Gomorrah of the Plains, they call it. Jump-off spot. People coming and going all the time, good, bad, and worse. Temper's high. A man will draw his gun quicker to prove a point than he'll draw on his logic. This is the Voices of the West. Merry Christmas from the Voices of the West. You know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen, but do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer had a very shiny nose, and if you ever saw it, you would even say it glows. We're back on Emil Franzi's Voices of the, the West. Here, uh, Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, and Todd Roberts with you and uh, the great Gene Autry. And you, you know, down in, New Me- down in New Mexico, he's called Rudolfo, the Rudolph. red-nosed reindeer. <laughs> Rudolfo. <Yeah. laughs> wow. It's red in Spanish. Uh, yeah. Rojo. Rojo. Rojo reindeer. Yeah. <laughs> Rudolfo, the Rojo reindeer. Interesting about Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, it... Uh, Songwriter Johnny Marks uh, put this one together, and the man made a buttload of money off of Tons. off of this and other Christmas songs that he wrote. Uh, he wrote one for Chuck Berry. Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, I can't remember the name of it now. But uh, Johnny B. Christmas? No. <laughs> the uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is a. It was a 1939 story, and Montgomery Ward and Company yeah. published it. And, it was um, written by the head of advertising. It was. It was the brother-in-law 
of Johnny Marks. And so Marks came up with this tune. It uh, hit the U.S. charts in Christmas week of 1949. It was the first number one record of 1950 because it stayed on the chart for that first week of uh, January 1950. And so that was, uh, that's how this thing went. Gene was not going to do the song at first. Until Mrs. Autry said, "You better do it." You better do it. And you know the funny thing is, yeah. Autry probably has more Christmas songs in the top songs of anybody out there. He Even Bur- being Crosby, he and Burl Ives, uh, Crosby, Ives, and him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, when you think Christmas songs, that's who you think of. I think. Yeah, I mean, that's who I think of. Well, you know, I hate to say it, but my favorite Christmas movie, which is not a western, is Holiday Inn. Holiday Inn, and It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, that, 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 that's okay, but it's just. I, I I love Holiday Inn. It's uh, but I don't think it has the Christmas spirit like It's a Wonderful Life does, or uh, Christmas Story does, or and Prancer does. And even White Christmas. I mean, White Christmas was good, but, but it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same. Yeah. Well, well there, it's it's in the same feeling as for me as Holiday Inn. You know, Three Godfathers, Prancer, yeah. Christmas Story. They Joy Noel. Um, they all have that spirit of. Of you know, uh, of uh, to me, what embodies the Christmas spirit. Well, what yeah. makes Holiday Inn work so much for me is the opening of it. You know, they're in in the middle of the war in Europe, and mm-hmm. yes. it yeah. really does convey what America is coming out of when they do That's that. That's right. And Dean Jagger did a Marv was the old general. I thought he was just the yeah. best thing. He, ever he was did. fabulous. Yeah, yeah. 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 And he always, you know, he should have been in our in our uh, show a few weeks back of great character actors because yeah. he's so good yeah. in 12 Lock High with Gregory Peck and he's so good in uh, 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 the one where he's Eddie, Audie Murphy's father and their outlaws yeah. up in the lost oh, cabin yeah. up in the Mesa. That's, that's my favorite Audie Murphy picture after Red Badge of Courage. That is so much like a Zane Gray story. It just Very much. Away. Very much, and it's, it's a little whimsical and mystical in a way, yeah. you know, of a of a story. Well, you know, it's, speaking it's really of whimsical and, and mystical, uh, I have a TV show for you that's very whimsical and mystical. Okay. It's Walker, Texas Ranger. Yep. A Ranger's Christmas, but and it, you know, because he would do the flashback thing. This, this uh, is when as, uh, uh, Chuck, Chuck Norris is still. This isn't the new Walker. No, this is the old one. The old yeah, with, with, with Chuck Norris. And, you know, he would do occasionally do flashback shows with, with right. as Hayes Cooper, one of the founding uh, Rangers. Right. Well, in this particular story, uh, Cooper is kind of the Scrooge Chris, uh, Texas Ranger. He's like, you know, because his character's always been kind of dour in the, in the flashback films. Mm-hmm. And... It, he comes across, and it's the three godfathers take off in a way. He comes across his woman. He ends up taking the baby through a nasty, nasty windstorm and making it to the end and finding the spirit of Christmas. But, it, you know, and I think uh, Walker, uh, uh, Norris is much maligned because Walker is a formula show, but it's so entertaining. But the flashback shows to the old days, they're just great. Yeah, I, 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 I struggled that. When people say they don't like Chuck Norris in that, because um, he was sure popular. Yeah, for sure. Well, he gave birth to that jacket. Yeah, uh, I mean, that jacket. Uh, oh, that rainbow. That long, that that, that yellow, duster. that yellow slicker yeah. duster. Yeah. Yep. Uh, was sold all over all over the United States, all over the world. Yep. And in fact, I went to a party once, uh, opening of a restaurant here in Beverly Hills called uh, Rietta. And I come across this guy, and he's wearing that jacket. And I walk up to him, and I said, "Hey, uh, cowboy." <laughs> that's a that's a bad uh, line uh, in L.A. Uh, it's like, uh, <laughs> depends on what part of L.A. you're in. Uh, and I, you know, what? Uh, where'd you get that jacket? He goes, "I bought it up in Colorado." And it's so and so, so and so. Well, I said, "Do you mind if I ask you how much you paid for it?" And he looked at me. He said, "Oh, about six hundred. Yeah. And I, you know, and I got online and I looked it up. And that guy turned out to be the owner of the Riata restaurant and uh, the owner of the CF Ranch, which provided all the beef for the Riata restaurants, and also uh, 
his uh, main company was he his company made the tires that were put on the platform that moved the space shuttle. Alrighty then. Yeah. Guys, we're out of time. Oh, man. The last program for for 2021. I just wanted to do some silent westerns. Oh, we'll get to those. We'll get, you know, hey, we got New Year's Day that we can talk about. I don't want to talk about Christmas pictures on New Year's Day. All right, well, we'll talk about something on New Year's Day. I don't know what. New Year's pictures. We'll be here, New Year's pictures. (laughs) We'll be here on uh, on the start of uh, 2022. And yes. uh, hope that's you will day be. one, one one. That's right. Two two. We hope you will be with us as well, Todd Roberts, Bunker to France. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah to both of you. Please not. Merry Christmas, gentlemen, and a Happy New Year. And everybody else, thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it and putting up with us for another year. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Happy New Year. So like everybody. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West.